The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Episode 33, Make Magic Happen, the best ways to utilize technology to help your firm maximize the use of a virtual assistant. My conversation with virtual assistant Kathy Campbell of the Unicorn Sidekick. I'm Michael D. Eisenberg. I'm the Tech Savvy Lawyer, blogging at the techsavvylawyer.page and host of the techsavvylawyer.page podcast. In this podcast series, I'll be interviewing lawyers, judges, and others in the area of law to talk about where they see lawyers new and seasoned, taking advantage of technology in their legal work, and how all lawyers can utilize technology to better their practice, improve their services to their clients, and enhance their own lives. Our next guest is Kathy Campbell. Kathy is an entrepreneur as a, as a virtual assistant over at the Unicorn Sidekick. I came across Kathy listening to a Mac Power Users episode. I had been hesitant about using a VA since most VAs tend to be on, on window-based PCs, but I liked what I'd heard about what Kathy does for her clients and that she's Mac-based. Since much of her client's work is web-based, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're an Apple user or a Windows user. Full disclosure, I hired Kathy as my VA. Maybe after hearing this episode, you will too. Kathy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I am thrilled to have you here, and I think the listeners are too. And I have to ask, your website, it talks about where magic happens. And for the listener, you can't see uh, Kathy and I as we're doing this by Zoom, and we can see each other on video. And Kathy is wearing a headset with a unicorn head and ears. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I absolutely love um, to have a brand that is very much not taking itself too seriously um, because it really helps pull the clients that I want to work with, ones that have a sense of humor, a sense of joy mm -hmm. in their life. So mm -hmm. the photos on my website are me dancing around in a unicorn mm -hmm. onesie. Um, anyone that maybe knows of me from something else and hasn't seen the website and has a call with me, uh, we're able to have this connection with the unicorn headset because it means, Hey, if you don't laugh or smile or comment joyfully about what I'm wearing, I don't really want to work with you. Um, and as a great kind of barrier to like, I only want fun people in my life. Yes. The stuff that we do is not always going to be fun or easy or joyful or anything like that, but you can always find happiness in what's going on. And I want people that can bring a little bit of. And this should not reflect on any quote unquote, lack of professionalism you provide. Mm -hmm. You can correct me if I'm wrong, which I'm sure I'm not. You provide quality professional work. And as I mentioned in the, um, the introduction, um, Kathy and I uh, are, uh, we're working together. She's my PA. Uh, we just started out and uh, far everything's been great. Uh, admittedly, it's the honeymoon phase, but I have, I have no doubts. I have no worries. Um, but, you know, by all means, the listener or any of your uh, customers are welcome to contact me if they have any questions. Just get to the meat and potatoes, as they say. So my first question is, before we get to the main questions, is what is your current tech setup? 
Yeah. So I um, am all Mac, all Apple all the time. Um, I have a an iMac Pro that I use uh, for most of my work. It sits at my desk. I like to have my office that's separate. So when I'm done with work, work for the day, mm-hmm. I can shut it down and move on and do my stuff. I have I've been working from home for about eight years full time mm-hmm. now. Um, and so having a very select line on what is um, important in my life, which is mm-hmm. my family and that time and being able to say, okay, I'm done with work for the day um, and shut the office is really important to me. Um, when I'm not at my desk, if I'm traveling or um need a mental break to kind of change my location. I have, mm-hmm. um, a 12.9, uh, iPad pro that I use. And then I also have just recently purchased an M1 MacBook air because I was actually traveling and needed a computer to do certain things so that I didn't bill my clients, you know, three times the amount for the work that I was going to have to do. So it worked out great. I love it. Um, I have the 13 pro max phone. Um, I use a Hobonichi cousin for my day-to-day like planning needs. Wait, 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 what's a Hobonichi? So what is this? So it's paper. Mm -hmm. um, from Japan and it is, um, has kind of my daily to-do list that I use with fountain pens. Um, and I like having, I have a variety of to-do list items Mm -hmm. across a bunch of different clients that use different apps, different software, et cetera. I love that because it keeps it segmented. Mm -hmm. So I know, Hey, when I go into daylight, I'm looking right. at Michael's tasks. That's sort of like mental barrier. So mm-hmm. I come in and I pull everything from each of those task lists and mm-hmm. put them on paper. So I'm able to look at just one day. So I'm not overwhelmed with all of the things that have to be done. I can concentrate on what needs to happen now and just mm-hmm. get it done. Excellent. Excellent. So wait, let's go back a step. If I may, you said you have an yes. iMac. Yes. What, what iMac do you have? What year, uh, screen size? Uh, so it's the 27 inch, the most recent iMac pro, uh, which is 2017. Okay. The the iMac pro, which is actually what I have. Oh, nice. And, um, yeah, it's, it's nice when you, I think it's like the last iMac pro that you can put your own, um, Ram in. Hmm. Install your own your own RAM without having to go through Apple, which you know charges you an arm and a leg for right. you know extra RAM, extra ROM, you know, etc. So, what is your iPad? What year? The most recent twelve point nine iPad Pro. So you have the M one chip. Correct. Did you notice such a change from your prior iPads uh, in speed and quality? Mainly because my previous, so I had a um, an. El- the very first 11 inch pro. So it mm-hmm. went from 10, five, I think to 11 inch. Um, so I had that one for a long time. Um, and then it just stopped charging. Um, yeah. and the Apple geniuses said, we don't know what's wrong to which I said, great. Um, and of course it was a month from the new announcement. So I waited somehow right. I waited, um, and so the bonus is that, is that it works, mm-hmm. um, and it charges. 
but also, yeah, it's been so fast and smooth. I think anyone coming from just a non-pro is going to be completely blown away, but also somebody coming who's, I don't do a whole lot of really complex stuff on the iPad pro basic file manipulation, note-taking media watching that sort of stuff, but it's so smooth and so fast. And the, the, uh, iPad OS software is just phenomenal. It's so nice to have. Well, I, I have to ask, you got, uh, the new Mac air, yes. the M one chip. So your, the iPad is clearly not a laptop killer. Correct. It could be because I did m- everything that I needed to do portably. Mm-hmm. Um, I could do on the iPad and okay. there's a lot of things that I, I could have made it happen, not with the laptop. However, okay. the arch of change that would be needed mm-hmm. would be at the detriment to my clients. Understood. Um, and so the time taken to it. So it was just easier because the file management stuff on iPads mm-hmm. is still iffy. Had you considered doing some sort of VPN from your iPad into uh, your iMac remotely? I, yeah, I thought about it and it definitely could be possible, especially because I do have the the fancy keyboard case with the trackpad. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Um, but I wanted to have my home computer shut down so that it wasn't pulling power. It wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, doing any of that. It was all safe. Um, and so ultimately it just ended up being easier. And so I had my iPad with me, of course, still as using it as sidecar, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was so yep. neat to be able to have sidecar. Um, and, and for the, if I may, screens. if I may, for the listener, uh, sidecar is a program that's baked into the Apple OS that allows you to use a certain model of, uh, iPads forward. Uh, as a broadcast, as a either a duplicate screen or a separate screen, uh, which really comes in handy, especially when you're on the road and you have both your, say, your uh, MacBook Pro or your MacBook Air and your iPad Pro. You get two screens instead of one with all the, the complication of trying to set it up. Yeah. And you don't need a cable. It just works the same way as if you're uh, streaming to an Apple TV. Um, it's basically a second display and it's just, it worked flawlessly. It was so great. Well, one question I have, I'm really curious to hear is, so you're on an iMac pro and you got the Mac, I'm sorry, the MacBook air. Have you noticed, I mean, are you disappointed in the, let's just say perceived lack of power that the Mac air has compared to an iMac pro? Or no, is it because I'm not really doing anything. I I'm not really, I'm not you know, editing video on the laptop. Mm -hmm. I'm not editing podcasts. I'm not doing anything like that. So I haven't noticed the lack of speed. If anything, I would almost expect the MacBook Air to be more powerful because it has the M1 chip as opposed to the iMac Pro that doesn't have the M1 chip. Um, So one of these days I might test it and I might edit a video on my laptop and we'll see how fast it goes. Yeah, I just have not seen any speed tests comparing the the Intel chips to the M1 chips, which is what I'd really like to see. Oh, there's a lot of them. I can send you the links when we're. Yeah, done. I would appreciate it. I'll certainly put in the notes because I mean I haven't looked in a while, but every time I every time I've looked, I just have not found what what at least what I'm looking for. Uh, so did you have a did you have a MacBook Air or a MacBook 
Pro uh, prior to the current one? I had a MacBook Adorable, <laughs> which was great for what I needed it for. Um, right. But I mean, it's what, five years old? Right. Like, so it's something like that. It was, it was so slow. It's basically I've handed it over to my kids. So they, they, easy. so they have a laptop to kind of, you know, do their stuff with. And I'm, it's, it's a gift. Merry Christmas. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, family gets my old stuff too. If I can't return it in. Um, so what is your mic there? You're using a fancy, yeah, sorry, this you're, is the, you're using a fancy mic. Go ahead. It's the Audio Technica 2100. Um, it's the older version of the one that Jason Snell recommends in his mm-hmm. podcast studio under $100. And it's been phenomenal. I love being able to just plug it in with USB. I love the ease of use. It's super simple, exactly what I need it to do. And it has a really focused um, like audio input area. So it's mm-hmm sitting where it needs to be. It doesn't get any extra noise outside. So if there's a dog barking or trash truck coming by, we're usually good. Excellent. Excellent. Well, let's get into the questions. Yeah. My first, my first question is what are three pieces of hardware or software attorneys can use to better organize their law practice on their computers? So I love all of these questions because there's no right answer. And I, I, I warned you ahead of time, you're going to hate my answers to all of this. Fair enough. <laughs> because the truth of the matter is, is it depends. It's going to be dependent <laughs> on how you want to run, what's important to you, how much work you want to do, et cetera. But, but don't you know, every time someone asks an attorney a question, the first thing they basically say is, well, it depends. Uh-huh, uh-huh, so uh-huh. you're not saying anything that the, the listeners haven't heard before or <laughs> said themselves. So you, you can relax a little bit. Okay, uh, good. So, yeah, no, nobody hates you. Phew. Yeah, so it's, it's hard because the reason that there is so much variety out there with software and hardware and everything is that something mm-hmm. is going to be the perfect solution for someone specific. Mm-hmm. And not good for someone else. Like it's well, can we can we put this in general buckets in some way? Possibly. I mean, so like I mean, what would be in your mind? Well, for you, what would be the what would be the three pieces that you would use just for yourself and, and your and your business? I think organization, like I would want to make sure that you have a backup system in place, that you have yeah. uh filing formatted the way that makes sense for your head. Mm -hmm. So some people like to do by project, then date, or some people do year, month, date, or date. Like there's so many different ways you need to make sure that you can find what you need to find. Um, And then the third is having a, a computer that works for you. Maybe you need a bigger screen. Maybe you need a laptop to be able to transport. Maybe you can do everything you need on an iPad. But really concentrating on what you actually need versus what you want is always key. So uh, I'm just thinking that what we need versus what we want. I, I personally, I'm a computer, you know, geek and I, you know, I tend to get a little to a lot more than what I probably need, but then I always find myself pushing whatever I have above and beyond, um, what the computer can do. So that's always been the frustrating bit for me, but let's go back a couple steps. Now yeah. for backup, what do you recommend for backup? 
I use Backblaze and I mm-hmm. always recommend it. Um, I had a catastrophic failure on a drive um, mm-hmm. a couple years ago and paying for that shipment drive to come in instead of having to pull yeah. a terabyte of data from the internet was great. Well worth the money. It's easy to configure. It's super reliable. Customer mm-hmm. service is fantastic. I just, I, I love what they do. I love what they stand for. It helps. Let me disclose. I do have friends that work there, but okay. Uh, it's amazing. Is Backblaze your only backup? Because, um, you, you know, the, the concept of three, two, one backup um, for one device, you have two different locations and three different uh, types of media or different or three different sets of backups. Yeah. So I have Backblaze as my offsite and then mm-hmm. I have um, Time Machine and then a regular uh, using the Seagate connection. Um, okay backups. And believe it or not, I do that all as well. I, though I was listening to a Mac Power Users uh, episode recently where they don't consider necessarily Dropbox to be a backup, but but I do in my mind. It's, yeah, it's the I fourth think, backup. I think using Dropbox as an easy way to access the super important files is good. Mm-hmm. So, you know, things that you, if in the event of, you know, catastrophic world ending fires in Backblaze's servers and a fire in your house, it, being able to get, okay, what do I, what's the bare minimum I need from Dropbox, being able to go in and grab those, pull them down, move over, um, I think is great. And I think it's important to be able to like, again, use what works for you, but make sure that the choices that you make are actually working for you, not just randomly decided to meh, whatever. Exactly. Uh, And especially with the work at home uh, environment, you know, becoming more and more popular, you got to make sure you have some backups. Now, if I may, I want to take one second and just do my one second pitch to defend Dropbox as a backup because um, uh, David Sparks and Stephen Hackett. Thank you, Stephen Hackett. Um, forgive me, David Sparks, of course, has been hosting it for over a decade and Stephen started just a couple of years ago. So for, Steve, forgive me. Um, you know, they're talking about how uh, Dropbox is more of a sync program uh, than a backup program. However, now Dropbox keeps prior versions of your back of your syncing, if you will, and would serve mm-hmm. as a great backup, I think. You know, maybe not the backup, but at least as a backup. And since you're probably paying for Dropbox, You might as well use it. Well, so let's move on to your second thought. You talked about filing and you talked about file naming uh, consistency. And the file folder structure Mm -hmm. is really important. Do you have any suggestions on either? It's it's so difficult because it depends on, you know, what kind of things that you are going to be looking for. So Mm -hmm. for example, I have a photography business. And so my Mm -hmm. photos are all sorted by year. Okay. And then by session. So I have the ability to, okay, well, I know that this wedding took place in 2017. So I can go into Mm -hmm. 2017 and then go look for the the name because I'm not going to remember what month it was taken in. That's just how my brain works. It doesn't work that way. Uh, And then for a lot of my client work, I don't have dates. I don't have anything like that necessarily. I have um, by 
the name of the person. And then if they have different projects underneath, I'll have a different folder for that. Um, I have, uh, then I have the no longer a client folder. So that's the parts where I don't need actively to see this, but I want to keep it for a couple years, just in case somebody comes back, because, um, I will have clients that have graduated from me, um, to where they will hire somebody else or, or they're changing their structure or something. So they're no longer working, Mm -hmm. but, um, I want to keep kind of that information uh, and then uh, after about five years is when I finally have the information. Well, attorneys, I know, you know, hang on to everything, especially former clients, uh, because some of that can serve as a template. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, like you, have a you know, former client file that is not in the main file, but <laughs> accessible if I need to get a template for a pleading and a brief. Yeah, uh, I think for specific industries like lawyers, accountants, you know, anything like that, that has like a legal mandate or mm-hmm. a, like more than just a suggestion mm-hmm. type of time, that's a totally different structure. But again, that depends on what you need as a business, as a person mm-hmm. and how your brain works versus me. I, I'm different. Well, for the listener, as an attorney, I I usually have my files listed as year, uh, month, day. Then what the document is, you know, if it's a pleading, if it's a motion, if it's whatever, and then the client's last name, a comma, uh, their first initial, and then in parentheticals, uh, abbreviations for what the project might be, or, you know, whether it's a records corrections matter, a PA matter, a court matter. Um, and of course, it's either the .doc or .docx or PDF, whatever the type of file it may be. I have to ask, have you seen, can you share with us any don'ts that you've seen in filing? Um, don't make the mistake of thinking, oh, I will remember what this abbreviation means or... <laughs> I will know what I'm talking about because I put this in a random on my desktop or like Mm -hmm. leave it in the downloads folder. Always, how do I say this thing? Always set yourself up for success by Mm -hmm. preparing your future self for being an idiot. (laughs) Uh, That I, I, I I completely understand. And so do you, do you use both Windows and Macs for your clients? Or are you more, more focused on Macs? Most of my clients actually. Or does it even matter? It, most, it really doesn't matter. Um, the only time it matters is if I'm helping them with a specific, like I need a task management software. Well, clearly if they are uh, PC, I can't recommend OmniFocus or I can't recommend something that right. doesn't work. A lot of the stuff that I do though is web-based, which means mm-hmm. it isn't specific for a, a particular operating system. Gotcha. So like Monday, was it Mondays or Monday. Trello? Monday.com, Trello. ClickUp. Yeah. Dubsado. There's a million different things out there and everyone's a little bit different. And so I'll have clients that have hired me just to find a task management software for them specifically Mm -hmm. like, okay, I have ADHD. I need to be constantly reminded. It needs to be uh, web-based and have an iPhone app. Cool. Let me go. Let's figure this out. 
find the right tool for you and hopefully help you use it. So you know, for the listener, it sounds like you not only do long-term projects or long-term help, but also short-term. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing in between. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of times I'll do um, like a specific project, like how, mm-hmm. having somebody sell, set up um, a training course. Um, and then once it starts, boom, you're done. You're good. You're off to the races. I've set up the website for you. I've set up the, like the, the zoom calls I've set up, you know, this sort of thing. And I started the marketing and then send you on your way and then come back if you need help or not, you know, whatever. Um, I very rarely will do just a single project anymore if I don't have a relationship with you. So if I Mm -hmm. haven't ever talked to you before, maybe finding a task management software for you is not going to be worth either of our times. But if I, if you come like highly recommended from uh, a former client or a friend and they desperately need your help, well, then I'll make it uh, adjustments. But yeah, it's kind of been nice to run your own business and you get to make these choices yourself, depending on how you feel. Exactly. Exactly. But you're, I guess for the listener, you're not stuck in a quote unquote long-term contract. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. So let's go uh, to your last answer for the first question about computers and what you need and what you feel comfortable and what you, you know, what you want. Um, Are you finding people buying the wrong machine for their need? Not necessarily. Um, I have talked to a lot of people that maybe started their business um, and they're like, oh my gosh, I have to get a business loan because I need this computer, that computer, I need a Mm -hmm. printer, I need all of this stuff. When really running as a, you know, a bootstrap business or whatever, like really economically efficient is what I like to say. Yes. Making choices, Um, looking at the apps that maybe have free versions, free tiers. And then if you bump Mm -hmm. up against those free tiers, then pay for it because you've already proven that it it works as opposed to paying for something that it doesn't do the job that you need it to do. Maybe you don't need OmniFocus because reminders works just fine. Like there's, there's so many, so many ways out there to just be very aware of what choices you make, especially if you're running your own business, you are in charge. So make good choices. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to say this, that for, especially the newbie lawyers, um, you know, it's, um, it would seem easy to use like um, Apple's address books or um, Windows, I think it's contacts mm-hmm. uh, to start keeping track of your potential clients and clients. And then also uh, just use a simple like, calendaring program to keep track of your deadlines and your dates. And the same thing with the to-do list. But um, I think you'll find yourself suddenly having a lot of potential client calls and then enough clients that it suddenly becomes a bit difficult or overwhelming to make that switch from the freebie stuff to something of a more peer, uh, a more paid tier program. And um, I understand what you're saying. And that does make a lot of sense, especially at the very, very, very beginning. But when you're out for a lawyer, I think when you're doing that, that if you're going to do that that way, that at the same time, you need to start looking for a CRM that you're comfortable with that will work because you're going to need to at some point quickly and easily shift all that information in there. Otherwise, you've got two CRMs or the first CRM, which is on the basic stuff, is suddenly overwhelming and not helping you keep track of what you need to keep track of. Yes. Uh, So let's move on to the second question. 
what are three pieces of software or hardware that attorneys can use with virtual assistants like yourself to better assist themselves? The most important thing is always communication. So mm -hmm. figuring out what works best for the two of you. So the, the client, the attorney and your mm -hmm. VA, does this person want, does your VA want a weekly phone call where they go through the priorities? So we get an idea of exactly where your mindset is, because I know this might be a little controversial, but we can't read minds. We can't guess expectations and like timelines if we don't know. I know, I know I'm, right. I'm pushing it a little much, but <laughs> what that means too, is being able to open that field of communication so that you have the record of when stuff happens, but also so it's a two-way street. So when you have a VA that's working with you, they feel comfortable asking a question the, there is nothing worse. And I've, I've had clients like this before that have worked with VAs in the past that, um, had a lot of control issues because the person that they had worked with before would like hide mistake, or they would do something wrong and not want to admit to it, or they didn't know how to do something and they didn't want to like show off and be like, Hey, you know, Oh, yeah, okay. I did this, but I did it wrong because I didn't ask for an SOP or I didn't ask for training. Like right. all of those steps in play are really difficult. Um, and, and working with somebody that has had, you know, been burned in the past is extra work on my side, but having those options in place. So having a Slack, having a discord, having email, like figuring out what the priority for, Hey, if you have a question about X, please send it to Y. Do you want it via text? Do you want to call? Like whatever, make, as long as it's agreed upon and understood. So, but are our are customers, are your clients stuck with, I mean, do they have to use email? Do they have to use Slack? Do they have to use video? No. I, I mean, is it, is it, and you know, either or, or a must across the board. I mean, I know you and I contact each other both by Slack, by email, and also uh, by Zoom. Mm -hmm. And, you know, which works for me in, in different ways, um, but is, I mean, will a client have to use a medium that maybe they're just not comfortable with? For instance, like a lot of people don't get, like getting on Zoom. They don't want to be on video. They don't want to, they don't want to be seen, whether because it's, you know, in the morning and they're wearing their robe or right. they don't want to show what's behind that, behind them in their house um, to that, you know, I just don't feel comfortable enough getting my, my message across unless um, you know, I can't do it by email. I got to see you or, you know, I'll just send you a note, expect you to do it. Yeah. So something with the way that I run my business is that it's mm -hmm. concentrating client first. Um, and so how does the client want to communicate? How does mm -hmm. my client want to have the tasks? How, how do they want things done? Um, it's not necessarily rare so much as, Hey, this is how I've learned works the best because I run my business the way that I run it, but how my client wants to run theirs, I'm not going to force them. Okay. The only way we can communicate is with an hourly zoom call every week. Gotcha. That doesn't work for me. That doesn't work for them. Others might work differently. They might, the way that their day is structured, they might say, okay, every Monday is, um, Eisenberg law office day. 
And that's the only stuff that I'm going to do. And that's, so start, we have a call in the morning. We do the stuff that needs to done by five o'clock that day I'm done. And now I have no communication with them for the rest. That's something that you can do. That's a way that it can work. You know, it works well for some people, Mm -hmm. others, it doesn't. And so I think it's important to recognize and acknowledge the fact that everyone works a little bit differently, that everyone has different goals and priorities and how they track. Some people need visual learning. Some people need it written down. Some people need, you know, audio messages or a video message, like send me uh, how the screenshot, like there's so many different things in place. And I think it's important to be able to work with somebody the way that they like to be worked with, as opposed to forcing anything. Else. So we talk about communications and we talked about different means of communicating again, by email, Slack, um, and zoom, just, just to name, just to name several, are, are there any other categories um, that you, two other categories you can think of with regards to best working with a VA? Um, I think uh, file sharing is important to be aware of. Um, I know we've hit that yeah. technical issue recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we talked about, you, you and I use Dropbox for uh, most of our file sharing. And, you know, I know others can use iCloud and I know there's a couple of the services out there like box.com. Um, are there, so other than web sharing and yeah, I guess web sharing, what other forms of file sharing uh, have you used or do you use um, with clients? Um, I mean, web sharing is usually the best because it's accessible anywhere. Um, I've had paper files before Mm -hmm. that I've had to manage and sort and process. Don't like that. Don't, don't love paper. Um, except for if I'm mailing it out for somebody else, if I'm like printing and mailing, great. I don't want to have to keep it. My house. Do you have a scanner? Have to keep it. I do have a scanner. Yep. What, what scanner do you use? Uh, just the, it's a old HP three in one, all in one, whatever. So it just scans it, saves it, file it away. Excellent. Yeah. Well, as uh, as a lawyer, many lawyers have the Fujitsu scan snap. Yeah, uh, which has an ADF, an automatic document feeder of, for 50 pages, which is a blessing when you get large files. Uh, which Thank God I don't have large chunks of files. That's not a priority for me. Definitely a priority for lawyers. <laughs> oh, yeah. And do you do you use a program for OCR? After, after I personally do not. I have. I don't have a need to. Oh, OK. Do you um, how do you read your PDFs? Um, if it's just something to do a quick glance, I use just Mac preview. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's something that I need to do more complex and I need to manipulate the PDFs at all, I use uh, Adobe Acrobat. Okay. Now are you use the pro or just the simple free reader? The pro, I have the full creative cloud system and mm-hmm. I use pretty much everything in it. So that includes OCR, by the way. I know, but I have a need for OCR. Like I haven't come to a thing where I'm like, oh my goodness, I wish that I had OCR on this document. But- OCRs for attorneys are a blessing, trust me. Yes, uh, oh, they I, are. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt oh, it. Yeah. I haven't had that need. So we mentioned communications and file sharing. Do you have a third bucket? Kind of a mix of those two would be task management. Okay. Um, making sure that the 
client is communicating what needs to be done in a way that makes sense for them and for the VA or whoever is doing the work mm -hmm. to understand those priorities. Um, so having the list so that they know, oh, hey, if it's Monday and I'm working on Eisenberg Law Office, I know where to mm -hmm. go to find the tasks that need to be done. If there's new surprises, new things, or for example, one of the projects that we're working on, when there's a mm -hmm. new client that has X, Y, or Z that needs to be done, just tagging right. it in. You don't have to send an email. You don't have to have an, a call that says, okay, right. I've added two more clients to the queue. That right. doesn't need to happen because we have that task management. Which pops up and you're tagged in it, you know, for your jobs and responsibilities on that issue yep. or that client, I should say. Is there anything that you would recommend uh, an attorney or anyone else for that matter to be wary of when looking at a task management program? I think figuring out what the priorities are. Um, if you need a task management that has multiple layers of like timeliness. So there's, you know, um, this is the due date or start bite date, or it's a reoccurring task. Some task managements don't have tasks like reoccurring tasks as an option or, mm -hmm. Um, having contingencies, oh, do this step after second one is done or, or anything like that. Um, as like, what notifications do you need? Do you want a big glaring shouting yell when something's due or is it okay if it just, you check it once a time and, and you can see those lists again, it's a really boring answer but figuring out what works for you and what's important to you, top priority. Well, sometimes we do need to hear these things out loud because we don't necessarily think of it as we're doing it for ourselves. Yes. And it helps to hear some of like everything that we've been talking about, because, you know, to be blunt, you know, we're, we're a little bit more in a box where we're thinking for ourselves and we're not sure what to do, what to do right, what to do wrong. Cause we're about making mistakes. Yes. Mistakes will be made mm -hmm. and things will go wrong, but there's mm -hmm. really nothing that you can do that can't be fixed or altered or changed. So picking a task management software, yes, if you have mm -hmm. to change, it's going to take some time, effort, and energy to make it, to change, switch to a different one. But if you're losing track of things because you haven't picked one, mm -hmm. just pick one, make right. it work do what you need to, to at least get back on track. And then you can find more specifics on why it doesn't work for you. See, I can think of two hesitations for attorneys about this just in general on tasks. Number one, on a task, if you miss a deadline with the court, you've got problems. Mm -hmm. uh, number two, if you realize that you went down this one path uh, on a software program that becomes a rabbit hole, it takes a lot of time to, or it at least takes time to dig yourself out of it and then start anew. And uh, in a software program that turns out not to be what you need, you have to start anew. That takes time to start doing that. And, you know, as lawyers become more and more ingrained in their practice, they realize or they learn that they just don't have that time. Now, is that something that you, you as a VA could help with? Uh, absolutely. Like the switching costs, what, if you have something in place, like transitioning to a different, mm -hmm. um, task management, 
takes time. Yes. Mm -hmm. But it's not as difficult as it could be. The thing is though, if you are holding out for making a decision on which task management software Mm -hmm. you need to use, because you're not finding the perfect one and you're worried about the, the sunk cost Mm -hmm. that is going to be more detrimental than the potential trade-off you have to do. If you picked quote unquote, the wrong one. Right. Something is better than nothing. Gotcha. For our last question, what are three ways you as a VA can assist attorneys with their admin? I'm sorry, start, start, stops. What are three, sorry. What are three ways you as a VA can assist attorneys with the mundane admin work? So there's so many things that can be done by somebody that maybe doesn't have a lawyer degree, doesn't Mm -hmm. have the knowledge, doesn't have that information but they have a template, they have an SOP, they have someone else is managing maybe that intake filter Mm -hmm. and they can process paperwork, they can file things, they can scan things, they can ship things, they can organize, they can, you know, clean up things using their non-lawyer brain. The way I'm looking at it is this, okay, and, and I'm not considering you to be quote unquote, a traditional secretary. Yes. Because I think in everyone's mind and a lot of attorneys' minds, especially those working from home, you know, you as a VA, you're not here in the next office or outside my office in a cubicle. You are, I mean, in, in this in the case with you and I, you're across the country. So can you explain some ways that, you know, you don't have to be here, but through the the, um, the miracle or the magic of of technology, you're able to do what you do there to help me here. Yeah. So obviously something like sorting the mail that comes in, can't do that virtually. It's not Mm -hmm. time conducive to put it in a box and ship it out and have it be sorted. It's possible, but Mm -hmm. it's not worth it usually. Um, But there are always things that can be done I have yet to have somebody come with me, come to me for with an industry or project that they work on, that some part of it cannot be done. Well, I know one thing that you're helping me with is with written correspondences uh, and getting them out uh, in certain ways, Uh, not pleadings, uh, obviously, but other communications that I have with clients and, and potential clients and other parties that are in the legal arena. But can you provide some other examples of Um, things like submitting invoices? If you have a list of, okay, this person has this amount of time and you use whatever time tracking is Mm -hmm. clearly, I don't know exactly how everyone does, you know, billable hours and, and all of that. But for the most part, you don't have to have anything physically in place. So if there's a report that says, oh, here's what I've done all week. And I need you to process invoices to send these billable hours. Well, that's easy enough because you have the report right there, or or you can get the report or you can send that out. Um, Paying bills. Most bills are submitted virtually. You'll get an email that says you have this bill or a bank account or, or some sort of information processing that information, the money that has to go out. Um, inquiries, emails, uh, contact forms on the website, fixing the website, making sure that it's working the way it needs to do any sort of arrangement, uploading referrals, asking for referrals, 
submitting referrals to whatever needs to be submitted, pulling, updating information. There's millions of different things that can happen virtually and that can be done by anyone that you trust that you work with. Well, I'm going to invite you to send me a list, a laundry list of things that we're going to add into the show notes um, uh, just for you. And let me ask you this question, because I'm sure it's in the top of everyone's mind who's listening to this and thinking, well, yeah, maybe I could use a VA, but I have a concern. Uh, Confidentiality and privilege. How do you secure the communications between yourself and others? I mean, everything is encrypted uh, Mm -hmm. on my system. My Mm -hmm. computer is locked down to my desk. So Mm -hmm. someone would have to try and take the entire desk. it's so important to have that connection and that confidentiality with clients, especially mm-hmm. if you have multiple clients and you're working for right. them as a contractor, knowing that nothing that I tell one person or like we're discussing, oh, I'm working with, you know, a podcast network. And then I'm going to turn around and say, oh, hey, other podcast network, did you know so and so is doing this? Like, right. that's just a, not a good way to do business. But also you have a confidentiality in your agreement. Correct. Um, you've taken, you've taken measures to secure your computer. I, I presume that when you take your laptop out on the road, that you have some sort of VPN. Of course. Um, and I'm also guessing as a Mac user that on both your laptop and your iMac, you use file to, uh, to secure and lock up your hard drives. Um, excellent. Well, Kathy, I appreciate you being on the podcast today. Tell me, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me at theunicornsidekick.com or on any of my social media accounts is uh, at Mrs. Soup. Soup because Campbell is my last name. Uh, You can also um, listen to me. I have uh, several different podcasts that I do. um, Mm -hmm. Two on the Relay FM network. I have Roboism, where I talk to my buddy Alex Cox about robots and tech and isms, but mostly robots. And then I just started a show with Jay Miller uh, called Conduit, where we talk about life and productivity and how the two intersect. Really great to be able to just kind of help more than one person at a time, um, mm-hmm. just kind of supporting everyone in the journeys that they're on. But wait, I thought you had a third podcast. Oh, that's right. Uh, on the Incomparable Network, I have a podcast called Friends in Your Ears, where I talk mm-hmm. to two podcasters about their favorite podcasts on a podcast. Excellent. Well, again, uh, Kathy, I want to thank you for joining us and have a great day. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the TechSavvyLawyer.page podcast. Our next episode will be posted in about two weeks. If you have any ideas about a future episode, please contact me at michaeldj at the TechSavvyLawyer.page. Have a great day and happy luring.